Welcome to the Gray Area Podcast. This is Mike Marks. This is Omar Saleem. And this is Afro Dan. Reminding you that Donald Trump is the greatest president to ever be impeached twice because he's the only one to ever be impeached twice. So, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, made, he, made, uh, he made impeachment great again. <laughs> Bryson Gray punching the cotton field right now. But, uh, yeah, he was impeached twice, and the trial for the impeachment is going to actually start February 8th. So uh, mark your calendars, because the worst Donald Trump moments of all time usually start behind a microphone and uh, with cameras on them, and that's what's going to happen. It's going to be funny to see that, that movie in about a year, the Donald Trump movie in about a year, recounting his whole presidency because, uh, yeah, this is a trip. That whole situation is a trip. It's not, in my opinion, it's not over because, you know, his followers are still out there, salty, punching the air, you know, Bryson punching those cotton fields like Dan said. And, um, yeah, it's going to, it's, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be very interesting to see how things play out as far as his followers are concerned, his, you know, his base and all type of stuff. Um, Dan text earlier, you, uh, one of y'all, I forget who was, that text earlier about how the uh, insulin, they're trying to put that on Biden, and this is his followers doing that. You know, saying that, that he's setting it up to where people can't get their insulin, something like that. It's it's stupid. It's made up. It's yeah. some it's, alt right website. It's bullshit. But it's it's definitely people that's that his folks though. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? It's, so it's, it's a non issue for the most part. Like anybody that gets their insulin from like a regular pharmacy, like CVS, Walmart pharmacy, anything like that, it doesn't even affect it. It affects like the little community, uh, you know. The community the one off like, nine franchise type. Yeah, like the, the yeah. low income, you know, uh medical services. Yeah, don't worry, unless you're poor. Uh, so yeah. So they're trying to hassle them so that more people can buy the five hundred dollar insulins from the big pharma companies that literally have gone unregulated for so long. Right. That you Trump. know, they created drug epidemics and have to pay back billions of dollars to the government. Yeah, how but, about it? But that that's uh that's actually who funds our government. Um yeah, so speaking of uh, our government, so we were talking about how Trump's uh, impeachment trial is actually going to start. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that started is now people are coming out of the fucking woodworks talking shit on this man now that he's not in office. And we have our fine friend who uh, happened to be front row <laughs> while Trump was talking about uh, injecting disinfectant. Yeah, uh, Deborah Burks. Yeah. She was in charge of, uh, like, the AIDS response for, I think, Bush and the Obama administration, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in charge of the, she was the response coordinator uh, for the coronavirus for the White House. So, she's, you know, a medical expert. She's a physician. She's a medical expert for working for the United States government. And she was sitting front row when this man was talking about, you know, injecting disinfectant. And she did, you know, go viral for giving him, like, the look, like, what? But, like, she never publicly spoke out about anything. Now that he's gone. But now he's gone, she wants to. But, like, this is serious because this is about COVID, which has killed how many Americans, Dan? We're... I think oh. we're up to four hundred thousand at least. We are above four hundred thousand. I think we're four twenty five or four fifty last night. No, we're four fifty. Four twelve or something so, like that. So we have four twenty. Welcome to the Green Area Podcast. 
<laughs> All right, Snoop Dan. <laughs> see that? See, you, you recovered nicely on that one. <laughs> you recovered nicely because I'm sitting here like, "All right, no, we we are definitely above 400." I heard it the other day on the radio. Uh, you pulled it up? Yeah, 420. Actually, we, you know, it's. I said 420. I felt like price hey. was like 425, 412, 420. Yeah, I. But it, that's that's sad though, man. Like it's bad because it <laughs> it was 400 a week ago. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like it's it's a week ago, seven days ago. That's over two thousand cases per day, or I'm sorry, not cases, deaths. Yes, we lead the world in deaths and cases by far, by leaps and bounds. And there's still a lot of people out there who are so. Uh, see, here's my thing. Like I said before, I'm not planning on getting that thing. I'm gonna wait. You know what I mean? And wait and see. Um, they have it out there. People are getting injected. You know, New Jersey, as a matter of fact, I think they had to do like 4,500 just today in one location. And they're saying the issue is not necessarily, you know, having it. We have it. We just have to get it to these people. But you still have a lot of people who are just like, man, I'm not getting it because they don't believe Corona is real at all. And I'm just like, see. Uh, what, what's worse, the people that don't believe in COVID after all this time or the people that think there's a microchip in the vaccine? Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> dig it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, man. It's um, because my thing is like we talked about the other day on text. You know, the restaurants when Eddie Griffin mentioned, he said, yeah. "Why is it that Walmart stays open, Target stays open, but all the little mom and pop places have to close and things like that?" And it made me think about you know how we mentioned before how traveling, they may restrict us from traveling if you don't have the vaccine. And I was thinking on the way here, like, well, it's interesting that I got on a couple of packed flights on my way to Atlanta. And there's no problem flying in. So I would think that you should not ban it simply because the people who have not had a vaccine just make sure they're covered up. Maybe extra caution. You have to wear gloves or something like that. But I'm trying to see how that's going to play out later on because it seems like a money, a lot of money is being uh, tossed around with this whole nonsense, man. And with all that being said, though, people who don't believe it, it's like, what do you need to, what needs to happen for you to believe that there is something going on that you need to protect yourself from? And it's not cool for you to not... Their own relatives to die from it. That's the only thing. Like, someone that they love and care about to die from it. That's it. Because at that point, like, you can't not believe it if it kills somebody close to you. You feel me? Like, and and these people are in their little bubble. And, you know, they're safe from the world. Mm -hmm. Like, fucking the funniest shit of all time. It's not funny because, like, it's... But Avery Bradley, a basketball player for the Los Angeles Lakers... Uh, opted out of going to the NBA bubble because of COVID. Because right. uh, I think it's like he wouldn't see his family for too long or something. Someone was immunocompromised, whatever. All right. He opts out because of that. The, the NBA bubble and the NHL bubble, were on, they were arguably the most successful two restarts for sports, right? Right. Like no COVID cases at all the entire time. Yeah. This man was involved in the NBA for this season, even though there is no bubble. Hmm. Right. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, but guess what happened? Did he get it? Yeah, and guess who he's mad at? The NBA. Yeah, of course. Like, well, saw yeah, your you, shit, dickhead. Yeah, you, like, had to, you, you had the wherewithal to stay out then, then you come back in with no bubble, and yeah. now how you can be mad at them when you made that choice to come back? Yeah, because you, you don't want to go into the bubble where there was literally no cases, but then you want to go out and get COVID. And you know why, though, right? It's all about the yeah, money. It's all about the always. money. 
And, and he's right to be mad at the NBA because the NBA's protocols have been trashed this season. Yeah, like now they, they made teams play with like eight and seven players. Yeah, if I got to see one more team of fucking G-leaguers come up to play their first yeah. NBA minutes for my team again, Bruh. you feel me? Like, I, I mean, they did start just postponing tons of games now. I think they realized that that shit was not going to fly. No, what happened it's was contact either. tracing made it impossible for them to play the games because like so many people were in contact or in mm-hmm. close proximity too. So with the contact tracing, you like they they were going to force I think Boston to play with like 7 and then they canceled the game and everybody's like, "Oh, well, they made the Sixers play with like three and a half people and a right. cheesesteak. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it wasn't Boston. Like, they were going to make Boston play. Yeah. It's that someone on Miami got COVID. Right. And when they contact traced, they were only going to have like six players. Right. You can't do that. They need at least eight to dress to be able to play the game. They didn't have that many. Not on, not on short notice. More reason and for those who don't care about this to realize, like, it's affecting a lot of different things. You know what I mean? Entertainment. Who was the last person who went to, went to a movie theater? You know what I mean? Things like that. Things that other people, I respect I mean, that other people like to do. I could sit here and say, oh, we shouldn't have to watch movies anyway. And, you know, these are millionaires running around, blah, blah. All right. If I don't like it, I don't like it. But still, it's not cool that people can't enjoy the things that they normally enjoy because idiots want to act like, hey, this is nothing. It's, <clears throat> it's also stands to be said that when movies aren't being made and watched, that affects more than just the millionaire oh, actors. There's, the makeup there's artists, hundreds the of thousands <laughs> of people behind the scenes of movies plays, uh, shows, Bro, television. Think about, like, when someone's shooting on location somewhere, too, right? Yeah. Like, they just shot a movie with uh, Chadwick Boseman, like, up the street, right? Like, last year, two years yeah, ago, the, whatever uh, it was. 21 Bridges, yeah. yeah. All those people that came in to, to film that. That brings revenue to the cities. Yeah, absolutely. They frequented local businesses. They paid other ones to shut down. Yep. While, yep. They, while they did that, like. Shake Shack and stuff had to close, yeah. That stimulates local economies, absolutely. too. Like, on top of that, just, just big picture, looking at all the different avenues. Like, it affects the economy so much, way more than people, I think, realize when they're like, oh, well, they're not making such and such episodes of this show. Exactly. Like, yeah, I haven't seen, I've seen one episode of South Park in the last, like, two years. That shit sucks. Yeah, and dig it. Even if it was a true conspiracy theory, you know what I mean? Like, they made it to wipe out certain people and things like that. It's more reason to make sure you cover it up. It's like it's like saying, you know what, I don't believe in AIDS or the AIDS is made to, you know, this that is the government thing, yada yeah, yeah. Are you still gonna not put a gun anymore? Like, it's out here. That's the that's the whole thing. Like, you're not gonna tell me that when you have four hundred and twenty people I'm just looking at Dan. Exactly right. <laughs> you got four hundred and twenty thousand people dead from it. At some point you gotta be like, All right, let me let me put this mask on and do what I gotta do. But, I just I just wanna comment on the fact that every time anyone says something about protection this this man gloves putting anything on he got a joke before we even started he made an AIDS joke like this it ain't, don't don't act like this shit is above off limits you made a Magic Johnson joke three sure seconds did. before we recorded don't act like this shit is off limits I'm just trying to be positive here that's all <laughs> there we go remain positive through all circumstances no but like you know to Omar's point like I my mom went and got new tires today. And she got them installed at this place. And she told me that none of these dudes were wearing masks. Nobody in the shop was wearing a mask. Nobody at the desk was wearing a mask. They let people in without masks. Right. Like, this is this is wild. Like, if, if, if God forbid something happened to her and she got something from that, I'd beat the shit out of everybody in there. Yeah, with a tire iron. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> I'd be in there like fucking Denzel and the fucking Equalizer 3. Right. 
<laughs> I haven't seen the third one, but I, I, I would make the Wait, fucking third one if I was I was about to say, yeah. But no, in all seriousness, though, like, it, it is, I'm tired of wearing a mask. I'm tired of all of this, so that's more reason for people to make some things happen. Um, I do have a little bit of a bone to pick with the news people, too. Like, talk more about what we can do to feel better, or if you do have symptoms, you can't get to a doctor. And I'm saying that because I saw a couple of posts that were saying, hey, if you're feeling super, if you if you're feeling super congested, uh, drink plenty of water. Don't drink any dairy. Don't drink any milk. Don't eat any ice cream and things like that. Um, if you're really bad and you're like flimmy in the whole nine and you're having trouble breathing, wake yourself up every two hours in the middle of the night and walk around, move your arms to get your lung uh, opened up and stuff like that. I think that's way more helpful than hey, wash your hands and put a mask on, because some people actually have it and have some symptoms and well, literally we, can't get to a doctor. Here's the thing. Now, yeah. In March, no. But I, I had, it's been almost a year. Yeah, I had conversations that. with people when this first started about how masks are a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Not because the concept of masks, uh, d- you know, doesn't work or anything like that. Masks are wonderful. They're great. They're the number one, you know, thing that you can do to defend yourself and others against the spread of COVID. Mm-hmm. Because it's primarily sped, spread through droplet transmission, right? But I said that, like, when, when they told people to wear masks, they said, and, and this is already the opposite. What Joe Biden is doing is saying that we need to wear masks out in public. You know what I mean? Like, Trump was like, I don't wear a mask, and, you know. And his I, party in the Republican Party and the DUI Smith Fitnesses <clears throat> of the world just ran with it. Yeah, and one yeah. of the one of the Republican, uh, I don't know if it was a senator or a, or a uh, representative, but the dude won the election. He's like forty one years old. COVID, <laughs> gone. He didn't even get to serve in office. He's just dead. COVID. He's serving Ronald Reagan in hell right now. Oh man. <laughs> Hopefully serving him COVID. Uh, Coke and COVID. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, the, the thing is with, with this is that the response is already different from the new administration. But, you know, I said that masks weren't a great idea because they were like, oh, you should probably wear a mask if you go out. And what people heard was, oh, I can go out of the house. They didn't hear wear a mask when you go out. They heard I can go out. I just have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, you saw people wearing masks incorrectly, just walking around with their face completely out. Like, why why is it under your chin while you're in the supermarket, bro? That's defeating the entire... Pur- just take it off. Just walk around without one, you dumbass. Like, you've defeated the entire purpose. Motherfuckers with their nose out, the one fucking thing that can projectile from six to six feet distance, right. and you got that out of your, your mask. Another- it's hard to breathe and go the fuck in your own house. Right. Another thing that I saw a lot of, too, is you'll see, like, the social distancing signs. I should have took a picture because on the sign of the bodega in my neighborhood, it says, uh, no hoodies and masks worn inside. That's for the criminal aspect. But then underneath it says, no entry without a mask. <laughs> what you know Which what I mean? is but it? They're, they're, exactly. But they're just posting signs because that's the protocol. But nobody's coming back to check. They got the little stickers and stuff on the floor, but they haven't been changed. They're not, you know, they don't uphold that. The store is already tight as is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody's regulating that. And that might be part of the reason why they say COVID is running rampant in some of the urban neighborhoods because people, lack of education, people that don't care, people just feel like, oh, man, I've been through this nonsense before or some other thing before, whether it's AIDS or whatever the case is, it doesn't really affect me, which falls under the ignorance part. It's like, dude, 
get it together. I know people who contracted it. I know people who had family members that passed away from it. Um, I'm definitely one of those people just like, hey, like I said, many podcasts ago, like somebody's trying to get some bread from it. Yeah. You could have prevented it a long time ago, and they're trying to make it light. And like, I don't hey, know if they're trying happen. to, but they, they did. Somebody made some bread. Yeah. And so, you know, so it's the, people, the, just, just do what you got to do. Man. Yeah. So this woman is now, what's her name again, Dan? Debbie Burks. Deborah Burks. Yeah. Debbie. She, she has now come out and been like, oh, well, you know, the graphs and charts and data I saw him showing people isn't what I gave him. But, like, why did you not bring this up in the middle of the pandemic? Exactly. Like, what? what is and, – and that's the one thing I hate about these, like, you know, after the president leaves, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know what he did while he was here? Yo, I don't – it's just like Twitter banning Trump, like, after he – you know, incited an insurrection, like mm-hmm. too little, too late. Like what the fuck are you even doing it for at that point? You know what I mean? Like the damage was done a long time ago. Mm-hmm. We're at 420,000 deaths, deaths, not cases, deaths. Right. It hasn't even been a year yet. Right. And guess what? The flu kills about a 10th of that every year. So we can cut that shit out too. It's crazy. But it's been almost a fucking year. And now they want to, well, he didn't do this. Where what the, the fuck? Where where the, the fuck, fuck were, were you paying at? you for? Right. What the, where the fuck were you at? You couldn't say something to somebody? If anything, she should damn near be criminally liable for some of this shit. No, for real. I was just about to go there. I was just about to say there's a lot of other situations where it's just mighty funny how in other situations they could bring up some stuff and, and hey, and they, oh, for real? They did that? Oh, we got to go after them and check this out. But now with this, it's like, I don't know. It's just crazy, though. Uh, it, it, but it shows that people are selfish in one in one regard. Because I'm pretty sure she was worried about her job and the ramifications. She 100%, 100%, 100% so, she was worried about getting fired. Because think of it this way. She comes at Trump, and Trump is going to beef with her publicly. Yep. Just like he did with like Fauci and, <laughs> and Rosie O'Donnell uh-huh. and everybody he's ever basically had beef with. Like it's always, you know, somebody says or does something he doesn't like and he just comes for them. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. So she definitely would have had him come after her. And then you know what happens when Trump says, you know, I don't like this woman. Uh, their lives get threatened and, and people try right. to kidnap governors and shit. You, yep. you feel me? Like right. so... He, I understand not wanting to, you know, walk that rope, but like at the same time, this is serious. Like, yeah, this, this, isn't, this isn't just, you know, oh, I don't like Trump and then he harasses you. This is lives at stake. And yeah. yo, like, if not you just said a couple or a dozen, if you said something at the beginning, though, like if you said something in April or May, if you spoke up then, okay, mm-hmm. our trajectory would have been way different. But you wait till four hundred thousand people are dead, right? And after he's gone, you should have fucking known better. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And, yeah, and so she just, she just, she should go and crawl back into whatever hole she was hiding in during his entire COVID response, because less of her is what I'd like to hear of right now. Yeah, and and I I do hope that there's some sort of negligence, you know, charge or something brought up against her, even if she's not, you know, found guilty of everything, just you got to send a message that, you know, ethics are supposed to be 
the backbone of your profession. You're supposed to do things for the greater good, not for your own gains. Because that's, that's why she hid this information for. Like, if you know something that can save American lives and you don't tell, speak up because, oh, the bad orange man is going to make fun of me. Mm. Like, come on now. Yeah. It, exactly. Like, I, I couldn't have said it any better. Like, why, what, what are you afraid of? You know what I'm saying? You're working for the U.S. government. Tell them. Tell somebody. Send a fucking anonymous letter. Like, there's, there's a fucking right. encrypted there's, email. Right. Like, Plus, not for right. nothing, there's whistleblower laws that protect you in situations like this. Federal whistleblower laws, by the way, right. that hold up in court because you can't have somebody retaliate against you, especially in the workplace, which, by the way, she was doing her job. Mm-hmm. There's laws that protect him from going after her and defamation of character and all that shit. So he there there's limits to what he would have been able to do. His supporters, you know, they don't believe in laws and being held accountable. They, you know, but that's why we have protection government. details. Yeah, amazing. Which, by the way, we're gonna pay to have Trump and his family. Yeah, whatever. That's that's a talk about fucking draining the swamp. And fucking anyway. I'm so, sorry. Before we before yeah. we uh, get off topic. So yeah. speaking of other people who should probably have negligence charges. And probably homicide charges added to their rap sheet. So in, in today's edition of History Repeating Itself, uh-huh. we have yet another unarmed black man suffering from a mental health crisis that receives the wrong response. So let me, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. They show up, they point a weapon at him, they scream at him, and then he's dead a couple seconds later. Yep. All right. So mm-hmm. basically standard protocol for uh, most you know local police departments. But this is actually exacerbated because um and this is the gentleman in in question is patrick warren senior um he had a mental health episode the day before and his family called for a mental health professional who showed up a mental health professional with who uh a police officer police officer they were police They, they were police they were dispatched by the police department and again, you know, in my work in the mental health field, when we call for those types of situations, that's what they do. They send, you know, whether it's an EMT or a mental health professional, and then they'll have a, a police car in the background just in case. So here's the thing about this interaction. This is where we get to really break down this uh, specific event because we can take race completely out of this. I was going to say that, yeah. Like- we can remove race completely because the first officer that shows up, the mental health professional... Happens to be a white man, an older white man, okay? The, you know, man who ends up getting murdered by the police happens to be an older black man. Mm-hmm. And the police officer that ends up killing Patrick Warren Sr. is Hispanic. So we can look at this from a pretty unbiased perspective. Yep. Uh, we can kind of take race completely out of it and just look at somebody getting shot by the police in a situation where they called for a mental health professional. Right. And like you said, exacerbated by the fact that it happened the day before. And not only was the, like they have a ring camera. So the first thing that came out is the footage Mm -hmm. or what the ring camera caught of the interaction. Right. And then, the ring cameras footage from the previous day. 
he not only leaves the house with the other officer, he gets into the car himself. That is how that should have gone. That is the power of de-escalation. Which, by the way, works. Mm. And don't let anybody tell you it doesn't, because it does. The crazy part is, what needs to be understood is, how is it that that second day, the officer that arrived there didn't know? So, the body cam footage. The body cam footage came out. And for, you know, y'all benefit, I watched it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kind of describe what happens. So he shows up, which is what you see on the ring camera. You hear that they answer either through the ring camera or like through the window or something. And they tell the officer to come in. He asks if the door's unlocked. He goes in. Uh, he goes in. He looks to the right. There's some people in like a media room watching something on TV or something. They're chilling. He looks up and down the hallway from him is Patrick Warren Sr. Uh, he's making animal noises, I guess, the way I could describe it, and pointing at the door and telling the officer to get out. Okay? The officer basically says something to the effect of, I'm not doing this shit, and walks out. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the equivalent of what he said. Something to the effect of, like, I'm not doing this in here or some shit. Which is, you know, this is the beginning of the not de-escalating because... If you want to de-escalate somebody, you want to, you know, let them know that you are listening to them. You know, I've had situations at my old job where a client has attempted to escalate and I just said, look, I'll talk to you later. I'm just going to leave the room and I leave and they cool off and they go their separate way. So instead of doing that, he basically says, fuck this shit and goes outside. Which is the problem in itself. You have a job to do. You were there to do something. Your mindset as a cop shouldn't be, fuck this shit. I don't, I don't want to deal with this today. Like, that could be in the back of your mind, but do what Dan just said and say, hey. Do what you need to do. Now, you know, I, I hear you. It's your property. I'm just going to step out. There and you then go. you can communicate with the there family through the ring. Right. Yeah. Now, now right. he did the right thing by leaving. That was the right thing. It's how he went about it was wrong. Right. And, his, and his outlook on it was very different because... Of his attitude and belief towards this situation. Like, I don't feel like dealing with this bullshit. Right. So he's outside, and he doesn't go back to his car. He doesn't really get a... He's... He's still technically on their property. He is No, he's not tech... He's on their property. He's out front of their house. He's on their property still. He's just kind of loitering in front of the window so he can be seen from outside. Or from inside, I'm sorry. You can see him right in front of the house. Just standing around. He kind of, like, talks to himself. Like, oh, I'm waiting for backup or some shit like that. Whatever. Which, you know, I don't, backup is not needed because there is no crime committed. Right. <laughs> All right. How about it? No well, one's life was threatened. They weren't, they were called for yet. a mental health emergency. Yeah, not yet. So, Patrick Warren Sr. then goes to the front door and opens it. And comes out and he's, again, making animal noises. Right? A good, a good indicator that he's not in the right state of mind. He you know, I don't know how often y'all are just walking down the street and hear people making animal noises, but, like, that's not a frequent occurrence for me. Only when I talk to DMX. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, I can't. 
whatever he has, oh, you have it now man. too. Yeah, listen, I'm sorry, man. It's, uh, listen, he he got the frovid. Fro frovid. Crickets. No crickets. Crickets. Don't play <laughs> them you. fucking moon crickets. No, racist them ass. Crickets. The motherfuckers uh, immune to frovid too. I hate it here. Oh man, I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna head out. Nah, but uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah. So you see this so many times. You know the officer. His response to this is just pull out the taser and aim it at him and shout commands, right? Like, that's like textbook. It, it's the same response every time. Which, again, is a 100% incorrect response because, number one, you were asked by a citizen who is within their legal rights, even if they're not in their correct state of mind. Still hasn't committed a crime, by the way. Has not committed a crime. He is within his rights to ask you to leave his property. Yeah, he can he can because all he wants no, to get no the search and seizure without probable cause. You know, he can ask you to leave the property. There's nothing happening criminally on the property. Right. No, and and you weren't called for a criminal complaint either. So like you can take that shit out of it too. Like right. it's you can't go in with the assumption like a crime is happening here. That's not what you were called for. Right. You were called for a mental health disturbance, not a you know, a commission of a crime that was occurring. So you know what I mean? Like it's it's And even if he didn't feel like dealing with it, okay, that's one thing. Go to your car, be like, hey, can I get back up at this house? Or uh, what do I why do? Would, why, how would, come to, why do well, I do? Well, not, I wouldn't say back. Can I get, you know, somebody that's a mental health professional? EMT I, I sense something. that there's something wrong with him. I want to get him help. Even a small amount of training would have better prepared him to deal with that situation. So instead, what happens is you have the interaction where Patrick Warren Sr. exits his house, still making animal noises. Throwing his hands around in the air, he's he's very clearly, um, not in the right state of mind, and the officer then thinks that the best course of action, which by the way, this whole interaction probably doesn't even take place if he just goes and waits for whoever he's waiting for in his car, right? Because then, you know, Patrick Warren Senior might not have seen him standing directly outside of his house after he just told him to leave, right? Okay. So, we might not even be having this conversation has, had he done that, had he gone and done that. But his first response is to pull a weapon out after he has agitated this man who was already agitated when he got there. And suffering from a mental health emergency. He points it at him, screams commands for him to show him his hands, which Mr. Warren does. He puts his hands out to the side. There's nothing in them. He still sounds like he's speaking in tongues because he's not really making much sense right. in the situation, but it's apparent he's not armed. That's so, not apparent. It's, he's not armed. So he starts going towards the police officer, which, again, we're probably not having this conversation if he just maintains a safe distance in the first fucking place mm-hmm. or doesn't leave the house like, I don't feel like dealing with this shit. Like, that's not the right way to start the interaction to begin with. Bad attitude from the gate about this. The thing about having a bad day at work for me is I might just be a little pissy. You feel me? Right. When you have a bad day and you're in a position of power like a police officer with, with a gun, lives or with, with, with the weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll give him this. At least the first thing he went for was the taser. He tased Mr. Warren, who then falls on the ground and is still, it didn't affect him very much. He eventually gets back up a couple seconds later. Which is not an abnormal response, especially by somebody who is, you know, going through a mental health emergency. They 
they aren't going to act or think like a normal human would. It's sort of like how you see, you know, people that are high on drugs often, you know, can ignore or at least temporarily go through being tased and still advance at officers. Adrenaline. Yeah. And and also Absolutely. not knowing what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't really... I don't think he was aware of what was happening in the moment. He just got, you know, hit with a weapon and was like, oh, I'm going forward. And then he went forward. Like, he, oh, I got to get this guy before he gets me. Whatever whatever was going through his head at the time. It wasn't. I mean, if he's already growling, you know, safe to say when he got hit with a taser, more animal instincts kicked in. Oh, facts. And I'm, I'm as I'm. Because you have you know, somebody going on your property that you wanted out, and now they're trying to point weapons at you. That's a survival instinct. Yeah. It just is. Yeah, and the thing is, it's just I'm I'm sitting here like I am tripping over the fact that this officer like it makes me think: Do these officers go out in the daytime? Like, yo, I'm ready to go. I, you know, I'm I'm prepared to go shoot somebody today. Like, it's almost like when people do things there, like this. Those officers that, that were in their car talking about racial wars and shit, they they yeah. were ready to go shoot somebody. <clears throat> Bang! So, you know, we said we mentioned taking race out of it earlier. We have a Hispanic man. It reminds me of something that I saw, and I have to kind of agree with. There's a lot of conservative Hispanics, especially down in Texas and things like that, who are Trump supporters the whole nine, who you would think because they're Hispanic, they not conservative. Shit. They, they hate other people a lot. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I don't know the full details of the situation. Maybe that was the case with this dude in the back of his mind. Maybe he don't care about people's life and stuff like that. Um, I don't know who's to say. It's just I really just can't understand any officer, any person who is in a position to carry a gun and use it, security guard or whatever, who's ready and willing to do that. Well, at the end of the day, one of the things that you have to realize is, you know, even if we're not looking at that particular detail, right? The one thing we have to remember is, regardless of the race or the beliefs of a person towards any other group of people, regardless of any of that, this man was not equipped to handle a mental health crisis. Absolutely. It, 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 right. And right. that, no matter what, is going to lead to a bad result. And that's what I'm saying. And, and that, on top of what how some people think, anybody you put in a position of power, whatever their views are on something, if they're met with it, let's say I, let's say I become a cop and I don't like skateboarders for whatever reason. Anytime, anytime you power, deal with right, one. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Or, or let's say, you know, I dislike, you know, hip-hop, and I hear somebody in a car blasting music versus somebody playing rock and roll right. at the same level. I might right, be Roger more Stone. After, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't feel like listening to these Negroes. <laughs> right. But I guess the whole point is we really have to fix the system, the training across the board, because clearly we have too many people who are underpaid who may have some other issues, because a lot of officers are ex-military, right? Yeah. Suppose they have some PTSD going on that's low-level, undetected, or something like that. Suppose you have, you know, anybody, like, to become a cop is a little too easy, it seems like. We talked and about with them vetting the National exactly. National Guard and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, why didn't y'all do that in the first place? Right. And that's where I'm it, coming from. Like, you have so many, not to cut you off, you have so many undercover cops from everywhere showing up at the White House to run into the White House. That's why I say before, we all got to be careful. Like, whatever we're doing, stay alive at this point because I'm, I'm tired of having the women in my family text me you know, the, the stuff they get on on social media. Fellas, be careful when you go outside. Don't go outside alone. I'm like, I'm grown, but I understand where they're coming from because of what's happening in the mindset that's being displayed on television. Yeah, for sure. You know, so, you know, that, when I'm hearing about this guy go to the house and it's like, you know, I put myself in a situation where 
I feel threatened. That to me doesn't seem like a threat. And then you add on to the fact that I have a uniform on, which reminds me that I have a job <laughs> to, to protect and serve. I was called, not like you said, Dan, not for criminal, but for a situation with a mental health. So I can understand, like you said, hey, I don't feel like dealing with this shit today. But you go outside, you go to your car, you find somebody who can deal with it. Because as soon as you see this guy come outside, I would have kept on going to my car. You know what I mean? The yeah. only way, honestly, there's no only way when you know that the dude has mental health. But the only way I can see him shooting the guy is if he charged, got to him, got his gun out, and was really going to cause harm to himself or to his family well, or, to the, or to the officer. Let me, let me just <clears throat> float a hypothetical, right? Let's say... You're chilling at the crib, and somebody comes and knocks on the door. You don't know this person. You answer. They say, yeah, I'm here to sell you. You, I don't want to buy it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. You close the door. You look, and you see them standing on your, your patio area, mm-hmm. your front lawn, whatever, a couple minutes later fuck are they doing out there right what would your next move be open the door and be like yo i said leave yeah what are you what are you still doing yeah. here you, you feel me you like you're trespassing you might call the police you might if you have a weapon go get your weapon like what is this dude doing standing out front of my house mm-hmm. all right now imagine you're so mentally distraught that you are making animal noises and that is happening like I said, survival instincts start to kick in at some point. I'm just I'm just saying, like, put yourself in that man's shoes for a second. I mean, I know you can't alter your own state of mind right, to, like, right. experience exactly what he was experiencing right. at, at the time. But, like, he, he is not in the right state of mind. Some guy just walks in his house mm-hmm. with a weapon. Yo, you, get out. Yeah. Leave. Oh, and Mr. Warren was uh, African-American, correct? Yes. I don't care what state of mind you're in. If you see all this stuff on television, you see what's happening. So if you see cops on TV doing things and to all of people, a sudden there's a cop in, in, a in cop your house. At your door, right? Yeah. No, not just at the door, in your house. In your house. Inside. So, all the right. way inside. And that's the thing. I don't know the level of his mental uh, health issue. You know what I'm saying? But I know in some cases, some people are still stuck at a child age. I know in some cases, people are just super over aggressive. I know. You know what I'm saying? So regardless of what it is. There should be some understanding to how why Mr. Warren was acting the way he acted towards and like look, officer, like that's I can't I'm I'm stuck. I can't figure out why we've he seen this think, before though. Know, like it's this right. isn't the first time we've seen some shit like this. We had Walter Wallace Jr., mm-hmm. which was in Philadelphia. Right. Where about the guy the that whole up, interaction was a minute. Yeah. And the guy that, that was that naked. That was laid out, yeah, the naked guy. Then they had yep. another one when um when the other person went to go help. It was like, listen, I, you know, I deal with this all the time and they end up shooting. Yeah, it happens entirely too much. And I think this is an issue, you know, that is actually deeper than just the police officers. I think it's an issue with our school system, and how educated we are, because a lot of the stuff at this point, especially I, I want to say it was about 15, 20 years ago, they started closing down the mental health places. It was yeah. at some point, people in general just need to know how to deal with certain situations, especially if you. And then how about we've spoken before? How many people walk around with mental health issues and not even sure or know that they have it? Yeah. I mean, we, it, we dismiss it as, oh, he just gets mad all the time. Severely should... undiagnosed until right. a lot of... Uh, the place where most people in impoverished neighborhoods find out that they have mental health issues is in prison. How about it? That's where you find out because mm-hmm. that's where you're being evaluated mm-hmm. with the psychological evaluation mm-hmm. and they figure out what it is where your brain is not wired correctly. Mm-hmm. What's that, that disorder? They find they find out whatever it is, and 
And they try to get to the root of what caused it to try to help you fix it so that you don't end up back there. Because let's be real. A lot of people end up putting themselves in situations they wouldn't be in if they didn't feel the way they did mm-hmm. because of whatever's going on in their head. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm talking anything from like anxiety to depression to PTSD, like the, the multitude of different circumstances and a different lot, events yep. Could, yep. could cause those different disorders. Mm-hmm. Shit that you may not even consciously remember. Mm-hmm. From when you were a child, just shit that you experienced, trauma. You and, know what I mean? Yep. And I know both of you guys worked in that field, but it doesn't take much for someone to get a certain idea of what it may possibly be like. When I went to, I mean, I learned this in college, but we learned about past law, dog, and stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't become a psychologist, but I have a very basic understanding of, okay, if you shock the dog when the light comes on, when he sees the light, the dog's going to be scared because he was shocked so many times. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it doesn't, it shouldn't take a genius to understand certain things. And so when you have an officer who sees someone who's mentally ill, it speaks to the training and the education of that officer, or you have to find out what the erase is, or you have to, you know what I mean? All well, these different let, factors coming to it, but let me ask it you should question. be that difficult. You, you've walked past someone that's homeless and clearly having a mental health episode, right? Yep. yep. All right. Yep. Um, generally, what would you do in that situation? It depends on how they're acting, but I can give you an example outside of this building. I went outside and I walked down the street and I saw a guy who bigger than me, but younger than me. And he stood there. He just stopped and he just swung hard as if he like, to me, it looked like he was in his mind thinking of how he's going to hurt somebody. Man, when I see this person, I mean, I'm going to knock him out. People don't, that's not normal, typical of of someone walking down the street by themselves to just swing in the air as if they're about to fight somebody. You know what I mean? So, your self-preservation kicked in. I'm not trying to end up in a fight with this dude who's exact, swinging at nobody. Exact the moon, though. So, you know, I kept I was coming back to the building, but I was alert and I was aware that if he was to come in his direction or if he was to say anything, I'm just going to keep it moving. You had an exit plan, right? I had an exit plan. All right, so, all right, let's go back. You're just a regular person mm-hmm. walking down a regular-ass block in Philadelphia, and you exercised <laughs> right. more common sense and caution when dealing with somebody having a mental health episode, mm-hmm. then someone who was called to help that person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I, I, is that it? Are we done? Did we, did we finish? Right. Is that it? We, we don't have anything to talk about anymore. We're, we're good. Like, cause that's all like, yeah. it's, it's common sense, but, but there's this, like, I need to be in control attitude. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah, I do. And not for nothing. I've watched the movie SWAT this morning with Carl. It's old ninety. Samuel Jackson, yeah, and all I was them. Say, yeah. Samuel L. Cool J, and it was all right. Movie. She was trash. It, it was, uh, it was. That it shit was, was. Listen, that was trash when I saw it, and I was a child. So I'm gonna say it was all right because I watched a lot of movies just for the action, and the plot was whack and the whole nine. The point is this though. Sounds like every other Samuel L. Jackson movie. Sorry, true. That includes no, Star about Wars. About to fucking throw Come hands. On, Mace Windu, nah. Let's let's be one hundred. Listen, not to go off saying he could tangent, be he could be the only black Jedi. That's the, cool. The, the, the dark side is strong in this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> let's be real though. Those are the out worst of all out of all the Samuel L. Jackson movies, which ones were like, yo, he deserved an Oscar for that? Honestly, one, and I'm not saying it because you already say, know. I'm not gonna say it either. You already know. You already know. He did a, he did too well of a job. Uh, listen, so, <laughs> the, the only one of the only times I've ever been like satisfied to see somebody die in a movie was Samuel L. Jackson and Django Unchained, bro. When he got shot, I was like, "Fucking finally! God damn it! I waited the whole fucking movie for this shit." 
I'm like this motherfucker, shut up! Like he you, he you got want, way too into character. You want to talk about somebody punching the cotton field? Right. <laughs> Calm but, down, uh, Bryson Gray. But uh, oh damn, what was I saying? We got this fucking Samuel ancestor L. and shit based off a mm-hmm. true story. How did I get the Samuel L. Bro, like oh, like, you watching SWAT? I was watching SWAT. Thank Sorry, you, we thank went you on a tangent. Much. Um, and having this conversation about you know these situations with these officers and things like that, Mm-mm, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, get you drunk. <laughs> That's my joint. Um, a fucking shark ate me. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta think about how much, um, I guess our society and culture plays into how people think they should be. Because in these movies, it's glorified for a cop to shoot somebody. You know what I'm saying? And things like that. That's and, uh, true. How, you know, what I mean, a lot of stuff plays into our regular society. And I'm pretty sure some kid who watched a lot of cop movies wanted to be a cop, so they had the opportunity to kick some ass. Some kid who played a lot of too much Call of Duty and watch these movies and when they got to the military they wanted to go to the military for that reason alone and readily sign up to be uh, infantry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some type of catalyst for that and it makes me wonder like when a cop has a badge on and then they watch training day <laughs> you know what I'm saying and, and they dealt with chasing a Snoop Dogg into the store and well, dealing think, with the bullshit they think, feel they got to react of this the same too. Way. Who generally ends up becoming police officers? Punks. People that got and no got bullied and beat up and in no high school. No offense to shit, my, right? my cool cop friends, but they so, know what they so, know what it is. So let me ask you a question: Somebody who's probably never been in control of a situation in their life is now put in a situation where they need to be in control of something. What do you think they're going to do to be in control of the situation? Go overboard. Because well, not even just going overboard. If me by myself, I'm not intimidating. Every time someone steps to me, I got to step down. That's how I've always been. I never made waves. I got beat up and bullied in high school, and I'm gonna get these motherfuckers that beat up and bullied me. Like, but like I'm gonna me, get you sucking up. Evans twins. Well, when I see him, <laughs> listen. If I'm doing that, Evans I, midgets. I'm sorry, or little people. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm encouraging us. Uh, no, but I'm look. In, in, all, in, in all seriousness, though, like if, if you're in a position where, you know, you're going after the same people that bullied you and that intimidated you and you are supposed to get control of a situation, the first thing you're going to do to get control of a situation, what makes a man feel big and tough and strong if he's not? Right. He's going to pull out his gun. That's the first thing he's going to do. That is what they all go to is they... Get they pull out their gun, get down on the ground, put your you know, hands where I can see them. Mm-hmm. They drop the weapon. The first thing they do is gun out, point it at you, drop the weapon. Mm-hmm. Any time when survival instincts are kicking in and someone is not thinking logically, the next mm-hmm. course of action is not going to be a smart one on their part exactly. if the gun is pointed at them. Exactly. If their life is being threatened and they feel that way. You don't even have don't, to have a mental health issue. You can just be frustrated and pissed off that this happened to you before or that I've seen this on TV. Like You ever heard the 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 uh the phrase or it's like like don't box in a caged animal? Right, 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 right. Because you know right, what I mean? Right, like it's it's, right. it's it doesn't want to go back to that cage. Right. Why would you try to like close in on somebody who's having a mental health crisis? You getting closer might agitate them in itself. Right. But the 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 lack of preparedness mm-hmm. that officers around the country continually show, mm-hmm. despite everything we've seen, is astounding. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody doesn't care. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that, you know, our society can easily 
honestly easily be fixed. I think most people want things to be better the whole nine. It's just the people that are in the positions of power seem to think that other subjects or whatever is more important. In 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 twenty twenty one, a lot of it is. I feel like over the last twenty years, because of the speed of information, the internet, social media, and things like that. People are just looking for what we think needs to be the cool thing to talk about, you know what I mean, or the sexy thing to talk about, or the, or the hot topic. We got to stay on that. And if you watch the news, of course, it's going to be COVID, Trump, and things like that. But there's plenty of room to talk about some things that can help us all because most people watch TV. And if they're not watching TV, they went to school. But these things are not talked about in a, in a way where all of us can learn from it, you know what I mean? I think mental health is something that needs to be talked about way more yep. so that people can have a basic understanding. The crazy basic thing is, understanding. like, we were all born in the same general era, mm-hmm. right? Everybody that we've grown up with has anxiety. Right. Or depression. Right. Or PTSD. Mm-hmm. All of them. Every single one. Ask your best friend, have you ever been depressed, like, for a long period of time? Yeah, they have. I yeah. I guarantee it. Well, yeah. Isn't it interesting how people who have it react to it versus people who don't? And both sides are bad. People who because there's a stigma, <clears throat> a stigma. So for for black men, black men don't go to therapy. We supposed or, to be, or we're supposed to be tough. We're, we're supposed, supposed to be right. the anchor yep. of the family. And, we're and supposed we, to support and we everybody. But that's that's what's being said on I, one hand. But then we got to deal with all this BS out here. We see stuff that they can. I was talking to my homie earlier about this. You get stressed out by seeing things. You know what I'm saying? Whether you in it or not, whether you from the hood hood, whether you're a nerd or a gangster or a thug, if you're from that urban <laughs> area, you know, you're going to be affected by things. You know what I'm saying? So seeing people getting shot, hearing gunshots outside your house, ambulances, your friend's friend got killed. or yeah. so. I just heard, I saw um, on Instagram earlier, uh, someone from New York had posted that a kid, they said they were from West Philly, went missing. I just got a text from my cousin saying that that was her neighbor. And they found his body in West Philly. He was from Frankfurt, but they found his body in West Philly. I'm seeing those on Instagram. Yeah. You know what I mean? My friend Marissa Hernandez, she passed away of cancer just last week. I went to a memorial just past Saturday. And it's like she gets stressed out. She had cancer at, and she was 43 and she passed away. You understand what I'm saying? So, but I found out on Instagram. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So everybody having all this information, you got a couple things happening here. People are learning incorrect ways of how to deal with mental health or what it really is. A lot of people, and especially in the black community, say things like, oh, you just bipolar and like laugh it off. You know what I'm saying? People even joke and, and, and say it, I'm saying it about themselves. Oh, you know I'm bipolar. And that just adds to the stigma of everything. That's what I'm Because right. you're, you're misdiagnosing, you're trying to downplay the severity of right. people that are actually dealing with bipolar. And having no understanding of how it really works and how you can be fixed or cured, whatever term you want to use. Now flip it to the side of people that do have it. Some of these people don't care about their kids. They just send them to a doctor, get them on Ritalin or whatever the case is. You know what I mean? Yeah, or just pump, med- pump med- full of drugs. Pump full of drugs. You know what I'm saying? So that's that doesn't really help. Everything. Right. So. Because people just don't want to deal with it. And when you, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think it's that much to really deal with. Because a lot of people have mental issues, but they are controlled. So I will, <laughs> right? I will tell you just from the past three months of my life, that shit is a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. I lost two of my closest family members in the span of a month. I had to drive nine hours in the rain to North Carolina. The The morning after I found out that my grandma had a stroke and was in the hospital, right. I, had to t- I had to pack all my shit. I had to get my mom packed. I had to take her down there. 
I had to get us rooms. I had to see my grandma brain dead in the hospital. I couldn't even say anything to her. I couldn't have a final conversation with her. Right. And then a few weeks later, my dad passed away from a heart attack. I never got to give him another hug. I never got to take him to a Phillies game. I never got to let him know how much he meant to me, how proud I was of everything that he dealt with, that he, you know, that he persevered through. He was, he should be a footnote in the history of Camden, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I've been extremely transparent when I tell people like, when all this happened, like I stopped, I stopped going to my workouts. I stopped basically any form of communication other than basically this podcast. Like I, I took almost a month off of social media. I've been depressed. I wasn't eating for periods of time, like three, three and a half days at a time. I just wouldn't eat, wouldn't drink. Mm -hmm. I, I would just lay in bed all day. I wouldn't have any conversation with anybody. Like my head felt like my brain was made of a cinder block. Like it was just such a physical and mental burden the past three months. And I've been very transparent when people ask, are you okay? I say no. Right. And I won't be for a very long time because there's a lot that I have to deal with that I'm going to be going to therapy for. There's a lot that I'm just going to have to try to live with for the rest of my life. A lot of regrets, a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. So this mental health shit is not a joke. This shit is not light. No, this real. is this is real life. And and thank you for being transparent and saying things because I'm pretty sure it opens the door for other people who may have felt like, you know what, I should, I'm going to be all right, you know what I mean, to be like, just carry on. I, I got some friends that we talk, and friends I've known since I was in middle school, and being able to talk about some of the things, like my buddy of mine, he lost a sister, you know what I'm saying? Um, he has a daughter who's in college and things like that. Um, <clears throat> was engaged, you know what I'm saying, to his, her mother and stuff like that, but they're not together anymore, so they have to deal with the stress of, you know, with those things. It's just people have different stresses for different reasons, right? And knowing that someone else may be dealing with something similar or it's not easy out here, that in itself helps, you know what I'm saying? So, again, thank you for being transparent about it because I try to talk to some people, especially, you know, black men, and they're like, oh, man, I'm not going to therapy. because um, Why not? Why not? Oh, man, I'm not paying somebody... Dude, you may not have to pay for it. Like, we have to yeah. get to the point where we have to be pe get people to understand. Like, go. Because I, I had another cousin who we talked about some things, and she called me, was, like, ready to get with my niece about something. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, you don't know the full story. We have to understand both sides of it. And that conversation just led to the fact that, this is what she said, everyone needs some therapy. Even if you feel good, you may need to go to therapy just to make sure that, you know, you'll be okay if something does go bad. Or just to, or not even that, just to understand what therapy is, because it's really being open and talking to somebody who can give you feedback on how to deal with whatever bothers you or messes with you. So <clears throat> I'm very lucky. Uh, I say that to say I have people in my life that I can confide in, that I can talk to about anything, and that I full and well expect to give me an unbiased opinion. Mm -hmm. That's important. And with that being said, I don't feel feel like I need 
therapy per se, but I feel like that is my therapy. And I say that to say, uh, my situation is very unique and most of your friends are not going to be honest with you. Uh, most of your friends are going to tell you the thing that they want or that they think you want to hear mm-hmm. so that you feel better about the situation. Dan, you can attest to this. Uh, after everything that has gone on in your life the last couple months, really, it feels like fucking years, but, you know, neither here nor there. I checked up on you. Even though I knew you didn't want to talk at times, I just texted you to make sure that you ate something or that you were getting some rest or that, you know, to see if you wanted to do something like play Xbox or some shit. You feel me? And the reason why is because I lost my grandmother this year. It just passed. Uh, It's actually just been a year as of last week. And... Something one of uh, our mutual friends actually told me uh, when I lost her was that it's going to be hard, but not to shut people out that are checking up on you. Because in the moment, that feels right. Because why would you want to open up to other people? But one, those people are reaching out to you in a moment of need for you, not for them. And two, you need to speak to people. You need to put those feelings out in the air because when you keep that shit inside, Mm -hmm. it builds and builds and builds until it manifests something in you that needs to be released. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's going to come out. Either way. And you will snap. And you will lose your shit. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you, if you don't want to go to therapy, that one friend that you know is going to tell you you're wrong when you're wrong, Mm -hmm. maybe not in public, you know, they might stick up for you in an argument even though they know you're wrong. But that friend... That's the one you need to confide in and you need to talk to because that's the one that's going to be honest with you. If you're not going to go to therapy, you need to talk to somebody. Right. Find somebody to talk to. I um I suggested to one of our cousins that was, you know, mad about something. Because we were talking about this a little bit about the therapy and the stigma and things like that. I said, dude, because he, he kind of expressed that he wouldn't want to go to therapy. So I said, no, you, you should. And I think me just saying, yeah, go ahead and go because I was going, I get help. And I kind of explained to him, just somebody that you can talk to that has an unbiased, you know, opinion. And I said, but if you still feel uncomfortable, if nothing else, at least journal every day. Now, I don't journal, but I can just imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, you know what I mean? But writing it down and then going back to see what you wrote, you can kind of see, like an outer body experience and kind of see. Even if it's not journaling, even if you're just expressing your emotions through some type of like artwork, music or a painting or, you know, a drawing or an animation, whatever it is you do, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever it is that that you do for release, mm-hmm. don't lose interest in that shit because I did for a long time. Right. And I have a renewed interest in music again. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, that shit is like night and day. And speaking of renewed interest, 
one thing to close out on because this shit is hysterical. So I don't know if either one of y'all are aware, but GameStop, which was like a $20 a share stock in January, is now well over $100. What? Damn. I, it, January's this year, by the way, just for clarification purposes. How? Somebody's trolling them. Somebody's basically trolling. Oh, so, somebody explained this to me yesterday. <clears throat> I'm not going to, I don't know the, the entire, you know, situation, but like, Essentially, <laughs> they've trolled people into selling the stock thinking it was going to go down, mm. but they keep buying more of it. So, like, it just keeps going up. So, like, it's basically screwing all these, like, expert invest investors that mm. screw a bunch of people. It's screwing them over. Eventually, what's going to happen is, like, the SEC is going to investigate and, like, all these people are going to go to jail. But right now, it's hysterical because... Look GameStop's that. not worth $100. Like, even in store credit right now. Like, right. if you went to buy <laughs> GameStop, you could you could buy the whole thing for $100 and then get another business with it. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of GameStop, I, I talked to you about this Xbox situation. I think I might be ready for this. Yeah. You bet, yeah, catch, you, catch you bet, a 2K you better, bug. You got, you got hit up real nigga IT. You know, we got the plug. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 which, yeah, I do talk to you about some things. Which, yeah, you know. I, I will. Well, I I'll end it so. with this. Um, I actually was able to uh, get an Xbox Series X uh, before Christmas. It was the Monday before Christmas. Um, I got it from Best Buy's website, and through what I at first considered a miracle, I got it same day pickup in like Lansdale, PA. But then you know, after reflecting a little bit on what I've been through. I realized that, you know, for all my Christmases, you know, when I was growing up, my dad always made sure we had, you know, the the new console from the Super Nintendo to Genesis, the N64, through the Playstations and, and the, the Xboxes. And I realized, you know, that was a sign that he was watching over me. He made sure that, you got that I had Xbox, that right. for Christmas. Because if you try to get an Xbox now, you might be lucky to get it in two weeks. I he definitely was day. watching over you because if he made sure you got a PS5, then he wouldn't have been looking out for you. Oh, but, for, oh you know, I, hate, I will, hate, I will hate, say hate, this, hate, hate, and you know, before we close out, you know, a lot of people have told me over the years, you know, through all the stories I told about, you know, how I did CPR a bunch of times and where I worked and what I do for, you know, my parents. They always tell me about how you know good of a person that I am, you know, how humorous I am, how big of a heart I have. You know how every I bring joy to everyone. That's why I really want people to understand the dark time that I went through the past three months. I want people to see that it doesn't matter what appears on the surface, that there's always something going on with someone behind the scenes that you don't know about. And that's why I'm very transparent with people, you know, both online and in person when they ask about me. And when I post nowadays, you know, I let them know that it's okay to not be okay. I have not, not been okay since basically the middle of November. I mean, October, when all this started. And I probably won't be okay for a long time. And it's exacerbated by the fact that due to COVID, I can't do a vast majority of things that I would normally do to try to bring some joy in my life. I can't go to a sporting event. I can't go to a club or a restaurant safely. 
I can't go visit people because there's inherent risk to myself, you know, my family, my mother, my clients that I work for. So it's been a lot harder just because of that. And with that being said, it is okay to not be okay. Facts. And right now, it's very apparent that as a country, yeah. we are not okay. We really aren't. So for the Gray Area Podcast, this has been Mike Marks. Omar Salim. And this is Afro Dan signing out.